Here we go. West Hills Friends is a Quaker meeting in Portland, Oregon. You can find more information about our community at westhillsfriends.org. As a Quaker community, we encourage everyone to share from their hearts, especially as it pertains to God's leading in their lives. These words are shared into a community that values the opportunity to respond and dialogue about what is said. The responses and dialogue are not included in this recording. The views expressed in this content are solely those of the original contributors. And do not necessarily speak for the entire West Hills Friends community. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. Scripture reading today comes from Matthew's Gospel. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, the Magi returned to their own country by another route. When Herod realized that he'd been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious and gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is heard in Ramah, weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. Herod the king was pacing back and forth. He was wearing slippers. They were pink and fuzzy. <laughs> and they were shaped like bear paws. Each slipper had four oversized toes terminating in artificial claws. With every step, the plastic claws clicked against the stone floor. It was late at night. The fire had burned down to embers. Stars were visible through the tall, narrow windows of the palace. Their light painted faint stripes across the floor. As he paced back and forth, Herod the king stepped through these patches of starlight, erasing them with his own shadow. Someone knocked on the door. When the door was opened, light from the hallway flooded into the darkened room. All the gold baubles around the room blazed with reflected light. Squinting, King Herod turned toward the intrusion. What is it? he demanded. Did someone find those heathen wizards? The royal advisor entered the room with a gilded tray. He lowered this tray onto a nearby table and stepped toward the fireplace. Herod's squint shifted into a scowl. Don't bother with the fire. If I wanted a fire, I could make an amazing fire. It would be amazing. <laughs> but I don't care about the fire right now. I care about those heathen wizards. Those heathen wizards came into our country. No one invited them. Right? No one sent them an invitation. They just came into our country and they started talking about a new king. I'm telling you, people are very upset right now. 
I talk to a lot of people and they're very upset. <laughs> the royal advisor turned his attention back to the gilded tray. In a soothing voice, he said, I brought you some tea. King Herod pointed to his feet. Do you see what I'm wearing right now? I'm wearing my happy slippers. I'm trying to stay calm, but I'm very upset. Stop changing the subject and tell me what happened with those heathen wizards. The advisor poured a cup of tea. The steam smelled of cardamom. He said, the stargazers are gone. Herod's scowl deepened into something darker still. He demanded, what do you mean they're gone? Are you saying they vanished? Are you saying that these heathen wizards used their wicked magic to escape? That's not right. That's not okay. We should build a wall. <laughs> we should build an anti-magic wall. And I tell you what else. We're going to make the wizards pay for it. <laughs> The stargazers are gone, the advisor repeated. Herod the king growled with frustration. He stomped away from the conversation. With every step, his artificial claws tapped against the stone floor. Then he turned on his heel and stomped back. Okay, he said with a sigh. The stargazers are gone. That's what happened. I don't like it, but it's water under the bridge. We need to focus on this so-called king. I mean, that's the real threat. This threat is huge. We have to do something about that. We have to do something, the advisor agreed. Herod the king took a sip of tea and returned his cup to its gilded tray. He said, heathen wizards came into this country without permission. We know they have dark magic. There's no question about that. They have sinister, dark magic. Very dark, agreed the advisor. These people are professional wizards, said the king. They came into our country. They had no permission for what they did. They came here and they rigged the line of succession. <laughs> it was rigged. The whole thing was rigged, the advisor agreed. King Herod continued, not very many people know this but I will tell you why they came here. Those heathen wizards came into our country without permission and they rigged the line of succession. I will tell you why they did it. Okay, I will tell you why. It's simple, really. <laughs> Those wizards know I am against the use of dark magic. Necromancy, conjuring demons, I'm against all of that. I will not allow my country to be ruled by malevolent sorcerers. That's not going to happen. And so these wizards, they want a new king. It's obvious, they want a king who indulges in forbidden magic. You would never do that, agreed the advisor. King Herod said, we don't know anything about this new king. For all we know, it could be demonic. We don't know, how would we know? It could be these heathen wizards have used their dark arts to conjure a demon king. They want this demon to rule over us. I'm just saying that this is possible. We have to think about the possibility. And let's remember this basic fact. We will never allow a demonic king summoned by heathen wizards to rule over us. 
We will never allow it, agreed the advisor. And that is why we need to take dramatic action, said Herod the king. In order to protect our country from demonic influence, we will need to kill every male child under two. It will be done, said the advisor. There is a light in the darkness, but the darkness is real. It's hard to imagine a Charlie Brown special in which Linus reads about the slaughter of innocents. That part of the story is so dark, so horrible. But Matthew is saying something important about the structures of power. People who are within the structures of power worry about what if. What if light rail brings urban problems to my neighborhood? What if the president is actually a Muslim? What if people on welfare aren't trying hard enough? What if affirmative action makes the color of my skin a liability? What if people decide to marry their toasters? <laughs> these questions are real. I have heard these questions with my own ears. They are real questions. They are questions from people inside the existing structures of power. If the structure of power is working for you, then change is dangerous, change is frightening. These emotions are real. When powerful people feel angry or afraid, those emotions are real, but they are experienced from within a place of privilege. Meanwhile, people without power must contend with what is. Black people are more likely to be incarcerated. Gay teenagers are more likely to commit suicide. Poor people are more likely to live downwind from incinerators and chemical manufacturers and other toxic industries. Even now, in the 21st century, women make less money than men for doing the same job. Instead of getting to worry about what if, people outside the power structure must contend with what is. They are angry and afraid, and those feelings are real. We are tempted to have a conversation about feelings. We have some tools for that, and often it is useful work. But if we talk about feelings, then we are tempted to put an equal sign between the emotions of those in power and the emotions of those outside the structures of power. This side is angry, that side is angry. That side is afraid, this side is afraid. We could make it sound like there is equivalence. There is not equivalence. There is no equivalence because the real story isn't about emotion, it's about power. King Herod has power. The children and their families do not have power. There is no equal sign in this conversation. One side does the killing, and the other side is killed. 
Matthew tells us that Jesus is born as the king of the Jews. But Jesus is a different kind of king. Jesus is the child. Jesus is the refugee. Instead of siding with those in power, Jesus is with those outside the structures of power. At least in part, Christmas is a story about power. King Herod has power and we see how that power is used to protect the status quo. In contrast, King Jesus is counted among those without power. He is forced to flee for his life in the arms of his desperate parents. In the spirit of Christmas, let us cultivate our perceptions of power. Who has the power and how is it being used? Who is defending the status quo by shifting the conversation to fears about what if? And who must endure what is? Friends, this line cuts through our hearts. So I ask the harder question, how do fears of what if keep us aligned with the status quo? How do we stand with those who endure what is? Which king do we follow?